What's up, guys? What's going on? Welcome to episode number eight of the Sponsor Day Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. This is episode number two of a two-part series that I'm calling the Emma series. Emma's my newborn niece. Uh, for those of you that may have stumbled upon uh, this episode before listening to part one, go back and listen to episode number seven of the Sponsor Day Podcast, which is obviously the episode right before this one. This is episode number eight and uh, listen to that one. Um, basically, it's the a conversation uh, with my older brother, David, and his the part one is his feelings, his experience, his, uh, pretty much what he was going through at the time um, prior to Emma being born, and this is the follow-up to that, which we recorded um, a couple weeks, a few weeks after Emma was born. So this is going to be a pretty quick intro. We're going to get uh, right into it. Uh, just um, a quick update. This is the first episode that the Sponsor Day podcast is being recorded on a brand new uh, Roland RO5 MP3 recorder, uh, which I'm happy with. Um, shout out to Black Friday deals. It is uh, obviously not the full setup that, that I'm gearing up towards, uh, but it's definitely a step in that direction, an important step. In transitioning trans, blah, blah, transitioning, the humble beginnings of the Spun Today podcast from the my computer desk, <laughs> basically, and recording, recording uh, the first few episodes on my cell phone, um, to uh, doing it on this. Um, hopefully it helps improve sound quality again, um, you know, I'm still gearing towards the full uh, mixer and a uh, set of proper microphones and stuff like that. But um, again, this is definitely definitely a pretty cool thing. It's, a, it's completely portable, um, very highly regarded in terms of re- uh, user reviews. Um, shout out also to Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, for putting out a ton of really valuable and um, informative information just on podcasting in general. Um, and that's pretty much it, guys. Um, as always, follow me on Twitter, at Spun Today. Also on Instagram, at Spun Today. Uh, like and review all the pictures there. Um, also visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. And if you have not, as of yet, uh, sign up to the newsletter on the SpunToday.com website under the contact tab towards the bottom. Uh, just fill out uh, your name and email address, basically, and you receive periodic emails whenever new content is added to the website, mainly these podcast episodes and you know some writings and stuff like that. If you like, if you happen to like any of the photography on the Spun Today website, uh, check out created.com forward slash Spun Today, and you can actually order posters and prints and framed prints of any of the photography that's there. And as always, remember to do all your Amazon shopping through the Amazon link and banner under my contact page. Uh, It doesn't cost you anything extra to do any of your shopping. Uh, Amazon just kicks back a referral fee of a couple cents on the dollar just for driving traffic towards their website. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Without further ado, here is After Emma. Do you know how many people listen to your podcast a week? Yeah, it has, um, like, the stats of everything and stuff like that. Alright, um, today is November 16th. This is the After Emma podcast. You're officially a father. And this is just to have a contrast to the episode that will be, or if you're listening to this now, was released prior to this one. They wouldn't know. What do you mean? I mean, that's something that, like, you know... How it's gonna play out, but for them it's just will be, you know, they don't care when we recorded it before, or after, or what. No, yeah, but this is gonna come out after that one. For anyone that stumbles onto this one, oh, you know you that it's part of like, like a, a two-part uh, podcast. Gotcha. Sorry. And this is your feedback of what it's like so far. You're a father for what? Two weeks. She's, she's it's born. gonna be three weeks tomorrow. Three weeks tomorrow. She was born October 27th, right? Yes. Seven pounds, 13 ounces. At three o'clock 
and 49 minutes in the morning. Damn. That was a long, long weekend. It was a long weekend because um, we got to the hospital at 6.30 and then they put something inside of Janet to soften her cervix for about, you know, 12 hours, which brought us into Sunday morning. And then Janet woke up Sunday morning and, uh, you know, she was ready to pop out a baby, you know, by 9 a.m. You know, that's what we thought was going to happen. And then that's when they told us that they're going to give us the actual medicine that'll start the contraction. We were like, oh, wait, this hasn't started yet. And so, you know, Janet got out of the bed. She took a shower. Um, I remember she was listening to Beyonce and taking a shower, getting her all, herself pumped. <laughs> what Beyonce song? Uh... I woke up like this. I woke up like this. I don't know the name of that song, but that's how it goes. And then... um, As long as it wasn't all single ladies, all single ladies. (laughs) (laughs) No, she didn't listen to that one. But Beyonce's actually, you know, dating Janet. I'm listening to Beyonce music, and it's very empowering music. You know, it's about, you know, women power, you know. She's like a a Powerpuff girl type of... It's very, yeah. She's like the female version of Jay-Z for guys, you know? No. I don't know. But anyway, so then, you know, they put in the, um, they put in the pro, profanet, the Pitocin at around nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, so we cruised the first four hours. The doctor said she'd be checking in on us every four hours at that point. And she came back at one thirty, and Janet's like, man, this is going to be easy. I don't feel anything. And then the doctor's like, well, you don't feel anything because uh, you probably have a lot of water in your belly. She's like, so the doctor decided that, uh, um, she suggested actually that we break, you know, that she break Janet's water. And then, um, you know, at 1.30, Janet's, she broke Janet's water. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. 1.30 in the afternoon. And then, you know, Janet started feeling pain. And, uh, we had seen a couple of YouTube videos about how, you know, you don't want to take the, um, uh, that numbing medicine, the epidural, uh, because sometimes epidural speeds up the process of a C-section, speeds up the whole labor process, and then it, it, you end up getting a C-section. Because it's too soon to, the contractions aren't far enough to have the baby. Right, like that, right, exactly. And so, you know, we were trying to stay away from the epidural. Well, Janet was trying to stay away from the epidural, and I agreed. And, and um, you know, by 6 o'clock in the afternoon, and she was 2 to 3 centimeters open, so she has 7 centimeters to go. She's like, all right, you know, the, the 3 centimeters that opened up haven't been so painful, so I'm going to sit this out. And then all of a sudden, the contraction, the contraction started getting harder and harder and harder, and then 6 o'clock came. And, you know, well, five o'clock came, the doctor came to check on her and she was like, well, now you're four centimeters open. And, uh, the at what time, at what time was that? This was like about five o'clock. And then all of a sudden, you know, I step out at like around seven o'clock at night because I was getting hungry. And I remember you went to go get me a sandwich or something. And, you know, when I come back to talk to Janet, she's like, Get me an epidural. Get me an epidural. I need an epidural. And I'm like, yo, what happened? I mean, you were all you. She was in pain, but she was handling the contractions. You know, yeah. it's it's a weird thing because like, you know, you go through three minutes of not having pain, and then all of a sudden you feel that you know she was feeling the contractions come on, and she, and then she'd have a contraction for like about thirty seconds, uh, and she was handling those cycles well. So you know. The doctor was, you know, kept looking at us like, you know, we were crazy. She was like, I guess you guys, I guess she kept telling Janet that I guess you like pain because, you know, I'm giving you medicine to take away the pain and you don't want to take it. But, you know, she didn't know that we saw that YouTube video. Okay. Uh, so she was just looking at it, from, you know, from her standpoint, which is like, I'm giving you something to take away the pain and you keep declining it. No. I don't understand and then finally... Did you guys you know, verify with, with the doctor? Like, if I take this, does that mean the baby come out quicker or something? Like, uh, the well, I was asking the doctor those questions the day of the uh, the labor. I didn't... We, we didn't talk about it before that with the doctor. And the doctor just kept, you know, talking to me from a medical standpoint of, like, no, there's no proven data that shows, mm-hmm. you know, that this speeds up the Which process. She probably just wanted to get out of there and have the baby as soon as possible. Right. 
<laughs> that's what exactly that you know we're being leery like you know the 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 hospital's against us mm-hmm. our wishes so then um yeah they gave her the epidural it worked somewhat it didn't work fully uh, because Jenna has a crooked spine so the drugs don't flow straight down to where they're supposed to go <laughs> something like that but it didn't work you know it didn't work fully and um you know like around one o'clock in the morning, the doctor came back and said, "Oh, you are ten. You're fully dilated. You're ten centimeters. Now we can start getting you ready for pushing." At what time? One o'clock in the morning. In the morning, there was this other lady one who was also morning. in the morning, and so there was this other lady who was having a baby, and then they had to take care of her first. And then they came over to Janet, who was ready to pop. You know, she was ten centimeters dilated. And we were basically hanging around till like about two thirty in the morning. That's when it all started. And Janet was pushing for about an hour and a half. Um, Is that average? Do you guys know? And uh, what? Like, f- from the point that you're fully dilated to for the baby to come out, like an hour and a half. No like pushing. No, like there's that. no time for that. Actually, like every woman is, yeah, it varies between women, but you know. The whole point was to get Janet to send 10 centimeters dilated. Then after that, you know, the doctor showed up whenever she showed up, which was at 2.30 in the morning. And then the doctor was just like, push. And Janet was pushing, and I wasn't seeing any difference. And then, um... And how is that, how is that process? Is it like, like the movies and stuff like that? You're like, next to her bed, holding her hand, she's squeezing her hand, your hand, screaming, cursing, and it's like super painful. No. No, I think that varies also because I have been in, you know, I've seen women give birth before, you know, our cousin. I did want, yeah. I saw, I saw our cousin give birth and I remember the room really stunk and, you know, like really, really badly and, you know, her, her, her pushing wasn't, she, I don't remember her pushing as long as Janet did. So it varies. Uh, yeah, that was pretty quick with her. Yeah, it was, with Janet, it was an hour and a half, and she kept pushing, and, like, you know, 40 minutes in, I was just like, man, this isn't going to work. Uh, I, I hope they don't have to cut her open, and then all of a sudden, you know, the doctor was like, look, and then I look over, and, and there's, like, the top of, of something's head, you know, like, pushing out of Janet's vagina, and I was just like, whoa... Well, that's something. It's like spinning around. You know, you know it was a human. It was a baby. Well, yeah, it's a, it was well, a baby. Well, you know, right now, all I see was something hairy and round pushing up against her vagina. The uh, men in black, when the lady had a baby and she spit out like a little octopus. <laughs> Listen, that's exactly what Emma looked like when she popped out. Because I was just like, oh my God, my baby has the weirdest shaped head in the world. It looks like a football. And she looks like a football. She was like dark and her head was like pointy on both ends. And I was just like, oh my God, this baby's so ugly. <laughs> and I got scared. I was just like, I didn't know what to do. And and it turns out that, you know, the baby's skull is really soft. And I guess, you know, yeah, it, form, it forms into shape. But, you know, to push it, to get, to come out of a vagina, you know, it sort of has to like be that. malleable, you know, yeah. to, to pop out. And that's exactly what it was, you know. My, my baby's head is, you know, big, but... It's not football shaped. It's anymore. not. It's not shaped like a football, which I'm glad about that. I was at, the the first thought I had was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to lie to it all the time and tell her how pu- <laughs> how beautiful she is. <laughs> all right. So then you see you see the baby's head popping out. Right. So Janet's I see. Pushing. So I see the baby's head. Well, yeah, Janet's pushing, and then you know the head would suck back in, and the doctor was calm. You know, as doctors are, they. They, this is probably like the fifth baby she's popped out that night. And then she was just like, come on, just push, push on through, Janet. She had this very, uh, you know, monotone voice. You know, just push. Doctors had like a real, like, like a stoic demeanor. Just like always like the same no matter what. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what our doctor was like. And she was just, just push. Very good. Keep pushing. And then finally Janet pushes and I see something come out. What and was that, the doctor's name? Do you remember? Uh, Dr. M. Mm. Uh, she's affiliated with New York Downtown Hospital. New York Presbyterian Downtown. Mm. So, you know, all of a sudden, boom, something pops out. And I'm just like, wow, the whole body popped out. And 
then I'm looking and I'm just like, man, I, I, I don't know what that is. And then I'm, I realize that it's just the head. And that freaked me out <laughs> at that point because I'm thinking about like, oh my God, she's choking the baby because, you know, by the <laughs> neck, because only the head is out. And then, you know, like a couple of seconds later, you know, she pushed, you know, with the next contraption and, um, and the baby popped out. That's cool. Yeah. And after, cause after, after that's just the shoulders, right? Then it, She's the like, shoulders pop out easy like it's just one shoulder pops out at a time and then boom the rest of the baby just slides out at that point but I think the head is the toughest part because by the time the head pops out the vagina is like you know uh, stretched out and then all of a sudden you know it's one shoulder and then the next shoulder and then you know yeah, true. the baby's that's narrow. like the widest at all mm-hmm. and then the baby's you know limbs and, and the rest of its torso is pretty narrow yeah all right, so now the baby's born, baby pops out, and then what's the first thing that happens? Is it like the doctor gives it to the nurse and they start cleaning her? The or first thing to you. The first thing that happens is they they take the baby straight out of Janet and then put it on top of her chest with the umbilical cord. With the umbilical cord attached and everything. Right, so. right, and they they clean out the face a little bit, and then the baby starts to cry, and. Uh, and they put it on, on the mother's chest. And then, you know, the mother's, like, half-dazed and confused, shocked and in trauma. And then the other half is just full of delight and happiness. So, like, I finally get to see your face after nine months of you kicking me from the inside of my stomach. <laughs> and then, um... When do they do, like, the thing with the nose, that they clear out her nose and all that stuff? So, like, they, breathe and spank her? They do that at... Like, as the baby was was laying on her chest, uh, they were, they were you know, cleaning out the, yeah, her, her pathways, and, and then they grabbed her for a second to, you know, clear her out a little bit better, and then they put her back on her chest, and then they immediately tried to latch her on to breastfeed on Janet. Mm. And then she started, uh, uh, like, producing milk almost immediately. Damn. Is it, is it right after birth they started producing milk, or, like, throughout pregnancy? Um, I think some women, some women start, uh, like, leaking a little bit before birth. I don't think Janet was, or realized that she was. And then, um, you know, but she did have milk that day as soon as the baby came out. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's like a whole bunch of hormones that are, you know... Like, kicking in. Kicking in your body, exactly. And then, you know, you're basically... She was basically ready to be a mother and start... You know, feeding her child, it's like, almost like, uh... Like, biologically, everything just, like, clicked on. Right, like every other animal on this planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, what happens after that? When do they, like, cut the umbilical cord? When was the first time that you held her? So then the doctor's asking me, like, oh, you want to cut the umbilical cord? And I'm like, heck yeah. And then I cut the umbilical cord once, and I cut it too long. And then she asked me, you want to cut it again? And I was like, yep. And then I cut it again. I cut the umbilical cord twice. And then, um... Does that hurt any of them? Do any of them feel it? No. No, the doctor actually said, don't worry, this isn't going to hurt anybody. And, um... And so then they took the baby over uh, to one side of the room to weigh the baby and, you know, to look at it under the light, I guess, to look for any deformations or or whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then, um... They were sewing Janet back up because, you know, she had a tear... It was a natural childbirth, so she had a tear, and they were giving her some stitches. And there I am, in between these two ladies, and I'm just going back and forth. <laughs> like, I didn't know where to go or what to do. And then, uh, Janet just took, uh... Like, where was the baby when they were stitching her up? When they were sticking, stitching up Janet? On the, other end, on the other end of the room, being weighed and, and being measured. Oh, okay. Then when was the first time that you held her? The first time I held her, that's a good question. I've held her so much since then that I don't remember the first time. Um, there was so much going on in the room, it's hard to, to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you remember when... Cause I, remember I think I, I... I don't I don't remember when I held the baby, actually. I would have to ask Janet. That, that's, no one ha- has asked me that question. I haven't thought of that. So I, I wouldn't be able to answer that correctly. So do you remember when, because we were in the waiting room, me, mom, Janet's mom, 
her father, her sister, and her best friend. Her best friend was there. Yeah, that's right. I think that's it. Yeah. There's a, there was another lady there actually that her she was giving her daughter was giving birth, and like we we were all there just waiting, and then you came out. That's when like you told us you know that she was born, how much she weighed and stuff like that. So, do you remember, like, that, like, that, like, walk out, like, towards the thing? Like, I what do, you were I thinking remember about? That. It was a long walk. It mm. was a long day, very little sleep. A long weekend, right? It was a long weekend, exactly. And, you know, a million thoughts are running through my head. And I'm seeing things in black and white at that point. Like, everything's looking fuzzy. And yeah. I'm like, oh, and I have to explain this to, like, eight people out here who are all going to be jumping up and down. And I'm going through a whole bunch of mix of emotions because like, I disoriented mean still I'm still disoriented processing. because birth itself uh, it's a beautiful thing right You life is coming into this world but the process is not beautiful I mean you know yeah. <laughs> Janet's body's going through trauma a baby was just born and it's crying and the doctors are trying to you know figure out how much it weighs and you know if it's going to be able to sustain itself without the mother and, uh, you know, it's not a beautiful process. And there I am, you know, watching all of this. And I walk outside and there's eight happy people waiting for me to tell them, you know, the baby's born. Yeah. Like, yeah, the baby's born. And they just start, you know, jumping up and down for joy. And I'm not, you know, jumping up and down for joy. I'm just like... You're not there yet. Cause you're I'm like not there yet. No, processing, I, like, everything that's going on. I just saw some fucked up shit. And you guys are jumping up and down. And, and yeah, that's what that moment was like. I, I don't know. I wish I could be more simple where I could just be like, yay, a baby was born. Thank God. And, you know, I'm so happy. But I was just like, wow, Janet is like all sorts of fucked up. And the baby, <laughs> and the baby is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I hope they're both fine. You know, like, that's what I'm thinking. And, and, you know, everybody's just like, the baby's born, yay, 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 you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, so it's, it was a bit of a contrast there. And so, I was so glad when everybody left, and, you know, finally Janet got some rest, and they took the baby, and I saw that the nurses weren't panicked, like, I felt like, oh, this is just the routine that they do here at the hospital, that has to be a good sign, right, mm -hmm. because... You know, the worst thing would have been if, like, everybody had long faces at the hospital, the, the staff had long faces and... Or frantically running around. Yeah, frantic, no, everything is fine, <laughs> and they're all frantic and shit, like, everything, like, seemed, like, normal, and, I, and that eased me a little bit, and then I slept for, like, about a half an hour, and... They took the baby where? To, like, the nursery? They took the baby to this other room, yeah, to the nursery with all the other babies, to, so they could clean her up, and, you know, uh, I guess take out some blood and figure out, you know... What's going on with our baby? She's A minus, by the way. I don't even know my blood type, but I know A positive. Our baby's A positive. <laughs> I almost know my baby's blood type, but I definitely don't know mine. Uh, so, anyways. for those for those of you that that may have heard, that was Janet whispering to David the blood type of the baby, <laughs> but she's opted out of being part of the podcast. The podcast. And so the 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 first memory that I have of the baby was when the baby was at the nursery where there was like, you know, eight, ten other kids and they're all, you know, well, in my mind, all right now in memory, I just remember all the kids like just moving around and, you know, some of them were crying and, you know, just twisting back and forth. And I just saw Emma just staring at a wall, like with her eyes fixed up at the, like the ceiling in the corner of a wall. And she was just like calm with her back towards all the other kids. And I was just like, oh, that's my baby. <laughs> that's my baby. That's exactly what I would do if I was in a room with like 10 other people. I'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Let me just stare at this wall and wait, you know, to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, were there yeah. other babies like crying in there? There were babies crying in there, yeah. That's cool. Oh, so the best way I could describe... Um, you know, I remember my other podcast, I was talking about how beautiful it is and, and you know, you know, uh, having a baby and, and, you know, how exciting and, you know, I guess I, I was a little bit more on the magical side of things. But uh, now that I have a baby, the, the best way I could describe it was uh, there was this movie called The Matrix 
and yeah, one of the ca- we've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean nowadays you have to say it like that because there's like younger kids who probably don't know what the Matrix is. Yeah, but anyways, there was this movie called The Matrix, and one of the characters' name was Neo, right? And they ask him, you know, he's living this fantasy world, and they ask him, do you want to take the red pill or the green pill? If you take the red Look. pill, the blue pill, you you go back into your fantasy world, and if you take the red pill. We'll show you reality, and we're not we're not gonna uh, promise you that it's gonna it's gonna be easier, beautiful. So he he ends up taking the red pill, and basically that's how I des- describe it. Like this baby was born, and it's beautiful and exciting, but that now all of a sudden it's like this baby that you have to like take care of, and you know needs your attention, and you want to be there for for her, and make sure that you know she pulls through this. Uh, delicate stage in her life you know it's like reality setting in reality setting in exactly where like you know you focus most of your time on you know the safety of the baby and nurturing the baby than you know actually enjoying the baby because it's not like she's doing much anyway besides eating she doesn't even smile yet (laughs) she smiled once with with that um the sugar or something like that yes she smiled once for a little while at the hospital when they gave her sugar to calm her down, she started smiling. That was an awesome picture. Yeah. And, um... So, yeah, I mean, you spent, what, like, 35 years, like, focusing on you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and now, after that, over three decades, it's, like, switching gears, I would imagine. It is, for me, it is definitely switching gears. I'm still trying to switch the gears, you know? Uh, because like you said, it's like, you know, three and a half decades of worrying about me, myself and I, and now it's like, I have a family to worry, to worry about before me, myself and I, I think I touched on that in the, in the last podcast, um, which is actually, you know, it's, it's a nice change, you know, um, I have no time to, to focus just on myself because I have a baby to think about and I have a girlfriend to to think about now how do your I remember after you you were in the hospital for what, some natural childbirth so two days right yeah and as opposed to cesarean is four days three or four days cesarean is like four days so then you guys spent she was born on Monday early in the morning and you guys left on Wednesday afternoon Mm-hmm. So she was there all day Monday, all day Tuesday. So those days you guys were just there chilling in the hospital, basically, like wanted to go home. Yeah, like I was. We wanted to go home, but we knew we had to stay at the hospital because the baby was still being monitored, and you know they were making sure that the baby was going to be able to take care of it, of itself. And then, after that, then you guys got out Wednesday. I remember I, did. Met, I met you guys up at the the hospital. You did. You you left work a little early, and yeah. You went to go get our car. Yeah. And then, um, like, we all left to, together. You guys got in the car. How was that? Like, the first the first time, like, putting the baby in the car, I think of, uh, like, Will Smith, Just the Two of Us. Mm-hmm. That he says, like... Never he, saw that movie. No, the song. Oh, Just the Two of Us. That he was, like, that he, he, he was driving, like, super slow on the highway. It doesn't matter if people got upset, like, behind him. And he, he was, like, super careful with the baby. And no. <laughs> no and that night didn't sleep at all just sit, sat like staring at the baby all night like that type of thing no no so, <laughs> I'm not that guy I'm not that guy because uh yes I realize that there's a baby in the car and yes I know that this baby's young but I also realize that I'm not the only person in this world who's ever had a baby like life continues the same you know and and well not for me but I mean like nobody else really cares actually some guy told me that he doesn't care about 25 minutes into my car ride because let me tell you what happened. So I'm driving and I'm getting off the Brooklyn Bridge and I'm trying to get on the BQE, right? So I'm uh, I'm on the left lane and I'm trying to get to the right lane and there's this guy on the right lane who's trying to get on the left lane. And so basically I block him from getting to the left lane because I'm trying to get into the right and the guy starts giving me an attitude, and I'm just, like, cursing at the guy, like, oh, you know, like, relax, you know, because he's beeping the horn like crazy, and I'm there with a baby in the back, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I have a fucking baby in the back, like, relax, 
And then he's like, I don't care if you have a baby in the back. <laughs> and then I'm like, Welcome oh, to, you, to uh, Welcome to New York. Yeah, exactly. So I realized that that's the world that I live in, you know, where it's like, you know. You probably should just let him go, though. I did. I did. I let him go, and I, and I went on the highway. I let him go, Janet. Don't look at me like that. I let him go. I didn't get out the car, and I didn't flip out or anything. I just I left. You didn't flip out. I cursed at him, but then I left. All right. So, anyways, I didn't handle that very well. All right? I didn't handle that very well, but... Anyways, my whole point is, is that, you know, people don't really care. I mean, you know... I have this baby and, you know, my, my life is changing and, you know, I have to take care of this baby. But, uh... But that doesn't, are, that doesn't impact other people outside of you and, your, like, your immediate circle. Right. You know what I mean? Like, anybody else is just... Right, so... diluted. I, everybody else is what? Like, the impact of that gets diluted to the point that it doesn't matter. Like, after it, a couple degrees of separation or whatever. After a couple of the degrees of separation, it doesn't matter. So, I'm not gonna fool myself into thinking that I have this sort of control where, like, if I drive safe or my baby's any any much more safe. I mean, I haven't been in a car accident, you know, in five years, you know, which means I'm driving just fine. And even though I'm sure people argue that I'm a little too aggressive when I drive, but I haven't been in an accident. Like, I'm pretty safe when I'm driving. So I'm not going to drive any slower or any more careful when what I've been doing has kept me out of an accident. Do you have one of those babies on board? No, but <laughs> every time I hear somebody suggest that, I just cringe at the idea of having, like, you know, a baby on board sticker in the car. Because that's another <laughs> thing, like, okay, I have baby on, on board on the car, and A, that just feels, I don't know, I can't get used to having a baby on board sticker on my car. And B, nobody cares. Is that going to stop somebody from speeding when they're like... Oh, you know, I, I have to drive really, really fast so I can get to the bar and, you know, make it there before happy hour ends. Oh, wait, wait, <laughs> but that guy has a baby on board sign on. Let me slow down. Gee, yeah, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> if a guy's driving speeding to a, to a bar for happy hour, he doesn't care about babies exactly. and other cars. <laughs> exactly. Or some girl is, you know, busy. I'm being totally stereotypical, but busy talking on her cell phone or and applying makeup. You know, talking on her phone. If she sees my baby on board sign... You know, in the back of my car is not going to make her, you know, put the phone down and, you know, drop the lipstick. You know, that's... I, I don't understand why people put those signs up. I don't, I don't know if they work. Maybe they do. I just don't, don't get it. I Maybe. don't think that'll... My, my sign isn't going to stop anybody from, you know, being less reckless around me. And, all right, so after... What was the first thing you guys did, like, when you got home? All right, so the first thing we did when we got home was have an argument. <laughs> with, uh with the par- with the grandparents. Mm. Well, it wasn't really like, you know... Our parents or Jan's parents? It was mainly mom. Our our mo- our mother. Mm. Where we were just like, hey, you know... So they told us at the hospital that, you know, maybe we don't want to be showing the baby off to too many people until it gets its vaccine shots, you know, because the baby doesn't have too many vaccine shots and that opens her to, you know, getting sick if somebody bring gives her some germs that, you know, she's yeah. not prepared to handle. And mom's like, what? That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, back back in my town, you know, the whole village will come and, you know, you know, greet the baby and hold it and, you know, play with it. And, and, and we did just fine. You know, granted, you know, the mortality rate was a lot less... Uh, <laughs> Less than it is now. Yeah, a lot, a, a, a lot less than, than, you know, it is here in the United States. But, yeah, I mean, that's what we do. And I was just like, nah, that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that just went into, you know, her giving her point of view and, and me giving my point of view. And, uh... So, so in the baby's first couple couple hours out of the hospital, she got into a New York road rage yes. argument. And... Uh, fight at home with the grandparents. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's a, you know, life has a way of not letting you process things fully because it doesn't stop, yeah, you know? Exactly. You know, I'm there trying to process the fact that, wow, I've, I've literally been a father for about, you know, three, three days now. And, you know, the, the guy who, who, you know, me and him were blocking each other in traffic, you know, sort of didn't let me bask in that because he was, you know, flipping out over, you know, trying to get to the left lane. And mom is flipping out because, you know, she wants to show, 
you know, her her cousin that she sees once a year, you know, her new grandchild. <laughs> and she doesn't care if it risks the baby's life. <laughs> yeah. But it's still all positive in a way because she's just doing it out of... Out Love. Of, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just get out of like general like excitement and shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't let I don't miss the forest for the trees, you know. I'm just yeah. I'm just pointing out some of the trees, you know. <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, like, I have this baby, and you know, I think it's the cutest thing in the world, and you know, she makes me happy, and she's making everybody else around me pretty happy, and you know, it's just really nice. It's a it's a nice experience. But, you know, in that nice experience, there's also life going on. Yeah. You know, and a lot of adjusting going on. And yeah. how, how was the, the first night at home? Like, once, you know, the dust settled, the first night, nobody there, just you and Janet and the baby. Actually, I think uh, Janet's mom was there the first night. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was there to help us for the first couple of days. True. So, you know, we still, I think, you know... By the time the weekend came, we were by ourselves. How were there those first couple of days? Like, actually at home, out of the hospital, out of that, like, environment? Uh, pretty boring. It was pretty mm-hmm. boring. I mean, you know, the baby's constantly sleeping. Um, and there's not much to do at home. I mean, you know, the grandparents are hanging around, so, you know, the place is clean. There's food on the stove. You know, the refrigerator's loaded. There's nothing for me to do except sit around and, you know watch TV and carry the baby every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. It was very boring, actually. And then, um, very boring and also... Like, surreal at the same time? Very surreal. You know, Janet has taken on her role of a mother, like, very seriously where, to the point where, like, she doesn't want to sleep. You know, she wants to be up with the baby all, at all times. You know, uh, there were a couple of times where... You know, I'd grab the baby and I'd go into the room and she's like hovering over me to make sure that, you know, I'm holding the baby right or, you know, the baby's laying properly on, on top of the bed. No. Yeah. It's all about the baby. That's always a good thing. Huh? That's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be worse, right? I mean, we could not care and be worried about, you know, going to the gym or, you know. Buying Jordans. Buying Jordans or hanging out, you know, with our friends. Like, none of that matters right now. It's just, it's all about the baby. And, you know, getting to know the baby and what it needs, mostly. Then you had, um, what, two weeks of paternal leave from work? I, I had two but weeks the, of paternity leave at work, paternity yeah. Leave. And then, how was that? Now, last week was your first week back at work. Last week was my first week back at work. How was it? Going back to work and, like, leaving the baby for the first time. Because until then, you were always around her, right? Every day? Yeah. Uh, it was... It was a little tough to to go back to work and, and leave the baby at home. But, I mean, you know, I was ready for that because that's just how it works. I mean... No. You know, I, I adjust pretty well. And I know that, um, you know, I have to go to work. Because now I... More than ever, I have to go to work because I have a baby at home. So, uh, you know, I missed the baby, and I was hoping that Janet was fine. She was there with her mother, so it wasn't, you know, as tough for her as, you know, her staying at home by herself. Yeah. Um, so, I felt a little bit at ease with the fact that, um, you know, Janet had some help at home. Uh, so, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad on my first day at work, and Janet kept sending me pictures of the baby, um... It was kind of nice calling home and checking to find out how my daughter's doing. Yeah. yeah. How many times did you call? Uh, I think twice. I called twice. Janet probably called me uh, twice as well. Yeah, so I spoke to her like about four times throughout the day. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was nice. And then a couple of days after that, uh, Janet's mother went back home. And uh, Janet was alone with the baby. So and that was like the first first time you guys like completely alone. That was the first time where uh, Janet was alone at home, and I had to go to work, and uh, that was a little bit tougher. That was overwhelming on Janet, and I was like a little bit uh, worried about you know how she was doing with the baby. Nah, she didn't have like that backup. Yeah. Like at home. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all... But how did that play out? I mean, it's all a matter of adjusting, right? It's all about adjusting. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a little scary because, you know, you don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel and you're worried about, you know, doing things right. But yeah. it's the first time you're ever, ever doing it. All right. So one of the things that I'm learning is that there's no one right way of doing things. There's many right ways of doing things. And there's very few wrong ways of doing things. You don't want to do any of those wrong things, you know, those wrong things, uh, because it can be dangerous. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's working out, right? The baby's three weeks. That's good. <laughs> she's made it this far. Yeah, she's made it this far. She's pretty healthy. She was in the hospital one night after she left due to jaundice, which is, uh, you know, when the baby's skin is yellow, uh, that's a sign that her bilirubin is high, which means that, uh... She's not getting rid of her toxins uh, correctly. Um, and it turned out that she was a bit dehydrated. Uh, she needed a little bit of uh, light for her skin. and um, so it was like a vitamin D deficiency? Or it's a vitamin D deficiency. Um, and she started, which can lead to, uh, you know, liver disease. Mm. So, you know, they, they fed her well that night at the <laughs> hospital. And she started pooping normally after that. And she's been fine ever since. So she looked like like Little Simpson or something. Like she first. looked like a Simpsons character. Yeah, she was yellow. Her eyes were yellow. Like yeah. Maggie. Maggie. She looked like Maggie. Yeah. But now she's healthy and good, and she's healthy and good. And you know, I'm 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 being very um, clinical with my description of what it's like to be a ba- to be a parent, because that's exactly how how it has been for me. You know, I'm just I'm not trying to bask in the. And the beauty of it all, I'm more concerned of the child's well well being, and you, know, you are like practical, making sure all the ducks are aligned, the T's across, I's right. dotted, make sure everything's on point. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm doing, and that's exactly what her mother's doing as well. Where we're just being very, you know, practical and analytical and. Uh, Showing a lot of concern for the baby's well-being. Yeah. But it, it's it's a nice it's nice it's nice having a, a child. It's a lot of work, man. Well, <laughs> whenever I used to hear people say that, I was just like, oh come on, it's it's a lot of work, but you know it's worth it, and it definitely is a lot of work, and it's definitely worth it. But it's definitely a lot of work. Yeah, actually, remember, remember I told you in the last podcast I told you like a coworker of mine that he was he he said like something to the effect of, of oh man, that's gonna start. It's a lot of work and like stuff like that. And that I thought that it couldn't like really be a lot of work. Yeah. Whatever. You thought wrong, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. He he's actually his wife is knocked up again. He's gonna have a second baby. Really. Yeah. Wow. So now he's like going through the whole shit all over again. They told us at the hospital when we were leaving, all right, we'll see you in two to three years. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and you asked her you asked her if that's, like, the average or whatever. Yeah. And she said that's, like, what it should be. So this way you have time to bond with this one. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what she said. True. How old is your co-worker's uh, first child? Not even one yet, I think. Oh, wow. No. Ghetto twins. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's so, a lot of work? It's a lot of work. I, what what does the work was, entail? May, my, make it like more more, like that's a like a general statement, you know. Like what's what's a lot of work? Like changing diapers, feeding, waking up. It's the constant focus that you have to have on the baby. Like you know, this is the first time in my life where I can't pause this, or you know, put it in a draw, or <laughs> drop it down, and then I'll come back to it when I get a chance. You can't, you can't take a nap. You can't... No. The baby is there 24-7, 365. And it's going to be like that for for, for the rest of my life. You know? Like, I, I want this baby to be fine and I want to help it as much as I can. And that's the hard work. The, the, the amount of focus and attention that a baby demands. Um, Maybe she'll, she'll be and like... Obvi- obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a new parent, so I'm pretty sure... As time passes, you know, I start having a little bit of my own life back where, you know, I'm able to, to you know, gradually drop the focus a little bit. Or I don't know what happens to people, you know, two or three months down the line. You know, I'm only three weeks at this point. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure it gets a little bit easier. But uh, 
Yeah, it's the amount of focus that you have to put on a baby. And I'm totally, you know, I hate this cliche because um, it, I always heard, like, my uh, cousins say... Uh, well, I heard my cousin say this the other day. He was like, well, when I saw when I saw my, uh, my, my wife give birth, like, it gave me a new found appreciation for my mother. And I'm just like, that sounds like a... Like, that statement doesn't sound right. You just saw your wife give birth, and, and now you're thinking about your mom? You know, um, I, I I don't agree with that. What I what I feel is, like, you do appreciate the... Motherhood? The motherhood, yeah. Because it's not easy. I mean, you know, um, the best way I could just... Well, I'll just tell you... That's probably like, what he meant, though, no? I guess that's what he meant, but I mean, that's... that's I don't like when people. I guess when people simplify things to like you know, two word cli- uh, two sentence cliches. You know that's yeah. what I'm. I'm basically trying to say, you know, like I just saw you know Janet go from you know nine months of carrying a baby, you know being always bloated and you know uncomfortable, uncomfortable and the swelling and the nights of not sleeping. I mean, tw- the last month she was uh, sleeping, sitting down, and. Um, that's because she has, like, back issues or something, right? Yeah, she couldn't breathe because the baby would, like, lay on her lung or something when, mm-hmm. when she would lay down. So she would have to sit up so the baby wouldn't, you know, crush down on her organ. Um, so, all right, so that goes on for nine months. Not three days, not a week, you know, not like the flu or whatever. It's like nine months of that, right? Um, you know, obviously, you know, it was a little bit easier at first, and then, you know, it starts getting tougher. It progresses. It progresses, right, you know, um... So then nine months ha- nine months go by, and then you have to go into labor. And labor is painful, and it's uncomfortable, and uh, it's traumatizing on the body. And then you pop out this baby, and then all of a sudden, you know, this is when the real fun begins. You know what I mean? Like, not e- I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Like, now all of a sudden, you have this baby, and you have to feed it. You have to make sure it's sleeping, uh, it's healthy. You know, you got to take it to doctor's visits. You got to introduce her to the family. Um, there, it's just, it doesn't stop. It's a constant, it, like, go, go, go. It's a constant go, go, go. You have no time for reflection. All right, so then, like, the actual, so, aside from the focus, then it's just, like, the, not just, but it's all the feeding, changing, clothing, like, stuff like that, giving her baths. That's, like, the actual... Like, labor of it, I guess. Not even giving baths, by the way. I, uh, we we gave her two baths so far in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want you to give her a bath when her umbilical cord hasn't fallen out. You know, you know that piece that stays hanging out? Okay. You know, that I cut off when she was born? Well, there's a piece of umbilical cord that's still hanging out of her belly. And that has to fall out before you can give her her, for her first bath. And then, because the baby's skin is so sensitive, they don't really want you to be... Uh, Washing her up all, all the time. They like actually introducing the soaps and chemicals and all that shit. Right. I mean Johnson and Johnson has some, you know, uh, baby baby soap that that's uh, you know sensitive enough for a baby, but um, they know still they, they want the baby to produce oils for for her own skin and you know develop you know protection. Yeah. So it's mainly that then, just like the focus. The I can't the take my feeding, eyes off I mean, you. She she feeds every two hours. That is a lot. Yeah. And that's even at night, right? Even at night. And then, you know, when you feed a baby, you have to gas the baby. You have to um take the gas out of the baby. Like burper. Burper, exactly. And then you have to change your diaper. And then, you know, you have to wait for her to go to, back to sleep. So it's an event every two hours. And you told me a couple stories of... Changing her diaper and then she like shits on you again. Like, yeah, while you're changing she just shits right on my hand. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of cute actually. It's funny how that's cute. How shit is cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just pooped on my hand and I don't mind. Oh look, she wanted to poop yeah. some more. I, I, I <laughs> if anybody else would poop on me in this world, I'd have a problem. <laughs> but she can do it, and I think it's you know. Oh look, it's, it's adorable. She's relieving herself on me. That's great. I changed her once. And it was... I thought the same thing. What? It was, it was cool. It was cute. Yeah. But she didn't shit on me, so... <laughs> right. Wait till she shits on you. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the feeling where it's like, you know, you're doing all these things for the baby and, you know, you don't mind doing it. You know, 
it's hard work, but you don't mind to do it. Because, I mean, you know, right now she's three weeks old. One day she'll be three months. Another day she'll be three years old. Next thing you know, she's 30, and we're looking back at life like, wow, where did it all go? (laughs) You know, so... And we could listen back on on this podcast. Yes. And reflect. Yes. When she's ready, you know, to lose her virginity at 30. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so now that's like the hard work, like portion of it. Yeah. And stuff like that. So what are the, like the positives, the good parts, the, I'm happy I had this baby parts. Um, I'm happy to have this baby because it really puts things into perspective. And, um, I guess I have no time to think about bullshit right now because, <laughs> I have all your focus is going on the baby. Yeah. Like I was explaining before, you know, all my focus is on this baby. So I'm not focusing on other things. And, you know, like I have no time for BS. You know, I'm I'm focused on the baby. Um, I'm focused on my relationship. And uh, it's a lot of bonding and a lot of things that, you know, couples deal with together when you have a baby. Because you both both your lives basically revolve around the baby, yeah. So you're both like in that same mindset of what? focusing on the baby. Yeah, I mean, my life completely changed um, because of this baby, and uh, Janet's life completely changed because of, because of this baby, and we're the only two people who are going through this experience, you know, this uh, life changing experience, and we're doing it together. So um, you know, there's definitely bonding going on. Yeah. And what... And, uh... Yeah, I'm enjoying that. Like, things feel a lot more real lately. Real in terms of, like, you know, I have, uh... This baby I care about. This girlfriend I care about. And, you know... I'm... Emotionally and physically present for them right now. Do you have, um, like, a favorite thing or something that she does or anything like that? Like, have you picked up any, like, quirks or anything like that that you like yet in the three weeks she's been around? Um, my baby doesn't like anything so far. She's only three weeks old. I mean, you know, she she cracks a smile when she's sleeping. I don't know what she's dream. <laughs> I'm actually curious as to what do babies dream about like if, if they dream right or do they i don't know what's going on in her head but she does not smile at all during the day um and then she'll close her eyes and she'll start smiling so i don't know what's going on in her head that's that's She's, probably the thing that 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 um that has me stuck i'm just like you have literally been here for a week or two weeks now it's three weeks and you close your eyes and you start smiling to yourself what are you thinking and what are you dreaming about? Like, I just don't understand what's going on. Yeah. That, that that baffles me. I, I find that amazing. That's funny. That's yeah. weird. That's weird. Like, I'm thinking of, like, if you... Like, do you dream just based on experiences and, like, shit that you know and stuff that... Not that you know, because sometimes, like, I dream, like, crazy shit that I'm like, what the fuck was that? But, like, would do you have to, like, experience things to be able to dream? Like, to have something to draw from? Or, if not, then... What the fuck is it? Like, in, in her case, she's experienced nothing. Right? right? Like she Very oh. few things she's experienced, yeah. And she's smiling in her dream. I have no idea, man. I ask myself that same question over and over again. That's weird. And I have no idea. I, all I know is that she's, she just got here and she's, you know, smiling with her eyes closed. That's pretty cool, though. As she sleeps, yeah. But, I mean, she's too young right now. For her to do anything fun. I mean, what I do love about my baby is that she never cracks a smile. She, I I joke around and I, and I say, wow, man, my, my baby has the, the weight of the world on her shoulders because she's always with a serious face and, you know, she like fringes and, you know, her eyes just, you know, tighten up and I'm just like, what is wrong with you? What do you have to be stressed about? You know, and I just laugh at that. I laugh at her what? serious faces. Her New serious expressions. New York road rage and arguments <laughs> with the grandparents. Right. In a day. 
Right. She's just like, she wow, these that. people don't care about my well-being. They just want me, they want to expose me to germs. Yeah. Yeah, that'll stress me out too, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's pretty cool. It's definitely life-changing. You know. Yeah, that's always a constant. Whether it's from a fucking, like a deadbeat parent or a great parent, like, it's definitely consistent that it's life a life-changing experience like having a kid even for a deadbeat yeah yeah i agree yeah i agree it's a life-changing experience i mean this uh this experience i guess it shows you what uh i don't know it's definitely life-changing it's definitely life-changing i guess whether you know you, you choose not to be in in the child's life um because that's that's another thing too i mean you know and that's like a weight to bear in itself. Yeah, I, I mean, you're you're basically turning your back on, on a human being when it's at its most fragile and most delicate, and when it needs you the most. So yeah, I could totally see how that has to. I mean, you have to have no soul to, for that not to just bother you a little bit. Be a complete sociopath. Right, right, a complete sociopath. Exactly, you know, to at least not have a drink on that. Like, whoa, wait a minute, what did <laughs> <No>. I do? <laughs> And, you know, when you stick around, it's also life-changing, I mean. Yeah, that's definitely. Definitely life-changing, exactly. But, uh, yeah. You should have a baby. I will. I, I want to. Definitely want to. I've always wanted to. I think I've wanted a kid since I was, like, fucking 16, I think. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Let me just always been drawn to kids I guess I thought I was gonna have a kid you know in five years from now that's what that that was uh the age that I was thinking about having mm -hmm. a baby but didn't turn out like that and I'm glad it didn't that's awesome I think so I'm enjoying it what else any other like enjoyable parts that you can touch on no it's too soon for anybody Freaking out on not wanting to have a kid <laughs> that wants to have a kid. No, 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 no. I mean, it's it's really re rewarding. It's a lot of work, but like worth it. Work. It's um definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm in a loss for words because um, you're still processing shit. It's been three weeks. Not even processing. It, it's just like there's no words to there, there there's very few words to describe the feeling um it's just something you have to experience i mean you ask a lot of new fathers new mothers and you know they're basically stumped with how to express what they feel like they feel it but they can't put it into words because it's like an undescribable type of thing yeah i don't know i mean i've been complaining for a little while in this podcast but you know in my mind you know, yes, I'm complaining, and that's how I'm describing my situation to you, but in my mind, I understand that, like, it's all worth it, and I do it all in a heartbeat, <laughs> you know, yeah. for her. You know, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, and, and it's one of those, one of the conversations that I've had, uh, I think I had it with you and I had it with another friend of mine which was that um you know there's this like feeling of like love right but a lot of times you know um love and these feelings that you have uh for other human beings are circumstantial you know you can love love someone and you know they do you dirty and all of a sudden you're going to fall out of love you know or you move on and so forth, but, you know, like, I, I love my daughter, and, you know, besides the feeling that I have for her, it's also a biological connection, where, like, I understand that, you know, I help bring her into this world, and, uh, you know, I feel a responsibility, and I, I will always be here for her, you know, as long as I'm here on Earth. Yeah. That's cool. It's a perfect way to end it, I think. All right. Any last words? Goodbye. <laughs>
That's it, guys. That's episode number eight of the Spun Today podcast, the post-Emma episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. A special thank you to my brother David for being the first official guest on the Spun Today podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, The outro is going to be super extremely short because it's been a long week and I'm just super tired. And I'll tell you guys all about it uh, next time, actually. Um, f- follow me on Twitter at Spun Today, Instagram at Spun Today, Facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and check out the website, SpunToday.com. And as always, guys, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.